listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. Welcome to another episode of The 30 Podcast, brought to you by SilverScreenAndRoll.com, where we have Lakers content updated daily. Great for writers as well, Harrison, Christian, Anthony. Always got you covered for news, stats, opinion, and of course, our podcast network. We're on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, we are there. Uh, latest episode of Can You Dig It was a good one. Christian and Grant look back at which free agency move the Lakers regret, obviously not including LeBron. Be sure to check that out. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter as well, at LakersSBN. I'm at JazzKang21. On with me today, a guy who played three years at Iowa State, also played NBA Summer League ball and in pro leagues all around the world, Charles Boozer. How you doing, man? Doing pretty well. Glad to be on. All right, well, we saw this, the Lakers, 111-98 loss. Uh, if you don't know, recording this just after the uh, Lakers went into Toronto, pretty much all went as we expected. Uh, Toronto, a little bit faster, a little bit deeper. Uh, Lakers couldn't close out on the three balls. Kyle Kuzma had a game from hell as well. Uh, what did you make out of this one? I mean, it just saw the, the complete differences in teams. You know, you see the Raptors look like a complete team. They're ready for the playoffs. They're playing really well. They're passing the ball around. Kawhi is doing his thing to finish the game off. It, it, it looks more fluid. But the Lakers, you kind of see them um, trying to just, just go through the motions, trying to finish the season, trying to figure out what's going on next. It's a lot of a lot of interesting things going on in there in the locker in on during that game today. Yeah, when you when you're looking at that, I mean, the one thing I was thinking about when I was watching the game, I'm like, damn, Kawhi Leonard would look good, good in the purple and gold. Uh, <laughs> how much of a thing to like, do you think the, the Lakers do have a shot? I mean, the, the rumors around Kawhi have been always a little bit uh, quiet. He just that, That's just the type of dude he is, right? You know, he doesn't really give away too much. Uh, even during the turmoil with, with the Spurs, there wasn't too much being leaked about it. Uh, if, you had to, if you had to bet right now, what, what do you think the odds are that uh, Kawhi ends up being a Laker next season? That's a good question. Kawhi's odds to be a Laker next season, I'd say, be 60%. And the reason I say 60 is because I think they have a better chance of getting a Clay Thompson or Anthony Davis. Um, but I also think if you can land one of those two, Kawhi may come along with it. Um, and if in either way, with him and LeBron together, that those two could definitely make some noise in the program. See, I, see, I, I think the problem, uh, Charles, with it all is if you look at if you look at the way this team is constructed, I think even bringing in a second superstar right now, it, it still is going to leave the team a little bit shallow, especially with the depth. Like you look at uh, Toronto, if if Kawhi Leonard has an off game, Pascal Siakam will step up. You know what I mean? They have Kyle Lowry, right. obviously a, a perennial All Star the last three four years. Uh, bought in uh, an older, but uh, a guy who's been there before in, in Marc Gasol. Uh, when you look at the way this roster is constructed, what do you think the Lakers are missing most on this team right now? Someone downloaded to just man the middle. You know what I mean? I think I think the point guard position they're missing Lonzo. I really feel like he's a great corner piece to, 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 just to make sure that they stick with that after Russell leaving. Um, and seeing how well he's performed. I think they definitely, they're good at point guard. They should keep LeBron. They just need a low post presence. I mean, I think um, there's a couple guys in the draft that they could get, uh, like a Jackson Hayes in Texas, this is 6'10", big guy. He's young, but he's definitely big and mobile uh, that they could definitely use. Hey, it seems like you're describing a guy they had on their team last season, Julius Randle. They just let him walk for nothing because they thought they thought they were going to bring him in. And I, I thought that too, like watching this team play. <laughs> I've looked at him and I said, you know, this isn't a team. And I, and I said right. that a lot in the beginning of the season. And fans would get on me and try and call me out online and, and say, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about. They're going to get it together. The peak of their season came on Christmas Day when they beat the Warriors. That, that was right. the highlight of the season. They were sitting in fourth in the West. But even then, 
Um, you know, a lot of the other teams around them in the West, like the OKCs, like the Portlands, like the Rockets, especially, uh, they've kind of gotten going since that point, and, and the Lakers have went downhill. So the deficiencies yeah. were there, and, and, and on top of not having a guy who you can rely to get you a bucket in the paint, uh, a tough bucket in the paint, they have no shooters. They have nobody who's a consistent three-point threat. Right, and they, and they definitely brought in Reggie Bullock to fill that hole. I think he's tried his best. I mean, it's still it's still difficult to fit in when you get traded into another team, a brand new city, LA's the bright lights, they're something you have to get used to. Um, I think he could still fit, but they definitely do need shooters. Definitely need someone down low, and they and man, it's just it's crazy that LeBron's first year in LA is just not what we all expect it to be. You know what I mean? Like it's it's, just, it's, it's LeBron James. He should be able to get them to the playoffs and. But his, 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 his injury earlier in the season kind of made a really tough road for them. Yeah, but I, you know what? To me, the, the injuries obviously had, had a huge part. I mean, the team was 6-12 and 12 or 6-10 and 10 without him, sorry, uh, during right. the time he was out. And, and obviously that, that would kill you if you don't. But you look at a team like the, the Pacers. They lost uh, Victor Oladipo, and they've still right. been you know, humming along. So I think that's, that's, uh, that's uh, kind of an indication of what Rob Plank and Magic Johnson haven't been doing well. Uh, you, you mentioned how, you know what, we're all kind of shocked. I mean, nobody would have thought in October 18th when they kicked off the season against the Blazers that we'd be talking in, in the middle of March about the Lakers not being in the playoffs. I think it was almost yeah, a right. foregone conclusion that they would. Uh, exactly. There was a report today from uh, Rick Bucher, a Bleacher Report, saying from an unnamed Western Conference GM, basically saying, LeBron, he's not good enough anymore to take four cadavers to the finals, not in the West. Uh, what, do you, what do you make of that comment? So that's a really bold statement to make. Um, but I also believe that viewing this team this year, I think GMs are in Western Conference, they kind of understand the, the, the speed of the game and the pace that they play every single night. Whereas LeBron was in the East, a little more slower pace, uh, a little more strategic um, games where you can more move chess pieces around. And the West Coast is more of a fast paced game. There's more uh, shots being taken, more rebounds being, being had. And the game's just a little faster for him. Um, but with that being said, he could take four guys to the to the finals. It just have to be four guys that fits in with what works for him. You know, like, like he did in Miami where he was at the peak of his career, but he had a guy like Dwayne Wade who could finish um, and, and they could feed around each other and had a Chris Bosch down low, could score from the inside and outside. Uh, in Cleveland, he had the same thing, kind of, you know, get himself to be able to be able to go drive to the basket, kick out to his shooters, have low, low post defenders, low post scorers. But with L.A. is kind of difficult because they kind of piece together a bunch of veteran players mixed with some young guys and try to make it work in one season. And you kind of see how over 82 games, how that just doesn't quite work the way it was supposed to. Yeah, the blueprint was there, man. I mean, you, you've seen it for LeBron for eight straight seasons. Listen, just get him a guy who can who could semi-score next to him and surround right. him with shooters. And, and you look at like Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson got paid because he was a perfect guy to play in a system for LeBron. He ain't doing jack now with the Cavs. And if you, exactly. if you look at the rest of those teams, like J.R. Smith, he was banging threes in that final where they beat Golden State. You know what I mean? They had that option. Mm -hmm. Richard Jefferson, he, he could play that type of game where he can play inside, outside. And I think, you know, you, you look at uh, what Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka tried to do, bringing all these one-year guys, and they called them playmakers. They didn't make any plays right. the entire time. <laughs> so I don't really – I didn't really see the roster construction – as a good fit going forward. Now, you know, if you look at uh, LeBron's numbers, he's still being great. He's averaging 27 uh, points, eight boards, eight dimes a game. Can't complain right. about him there. But uh, when you look at some of these young guys today, like, you know, I, and this is one thing that, that kind of irritated me about Luke Walton. Um, Alex Caruso played really well today. He got 27, uh, played 27 minutes, dropped 16 points, uh, five of seven shooting, also had five assists, five rebounds. 
good to see a guy like that get some run because he's doing more out there than than Rondo. And at really at this point, you want to see what Caruso is going to bring going into next season. And then on you top definitely. of that, um, you know, we saw against uh, against the Celtics or last weekend, you saw. Mo Wagner got 22 points against the Celtics. He played, you know, 30 minutes. Last game against Chicago in a win, he plays 10. Today, he plays 8. You know, I understand Kuzma's back, but this is a young guy who you want to see develop, and you want to see if you if you have a roster spot for him next season. So when you look at your basketball experience, how important is it that the coach brings out the most in, in the player? I mean, it depends on the situation that you're in, right? So the, the Lakers right now, they're not going to make the playoffs, right? They're at the point where it's just not going to happen this season. So for Luke Walton, as you just said, needs to play the younger guys more because at the end of the day, Kuzma's not going anywhere, I hope at least, right? So um, Mo Wagner needs to be out there playing, you know, getting some game, getting game experience. Caruso played amazing tonight. I'm glad that he's going to the basket now and finishing, you know? I mean, his, his shot's still there, of course, um, but the way he attacked tonight was, was great to see. And still being able to rebound and still pass the ball around. So I think the younger guys should get more playing time, especially now. I mean, as as, as a player myself, and I've been in, in seasons where you, you, you're you on a path to win a lot of games, and then you're on a path to um, not win too many games. And at the end of the season, you kind of see how coaches tend to play the younger guys more to get them ready for next year, try to figure out what's going on for summer league, um, try to figure out who's going to be signed again. There's a lot of things like that that should be going on. But you're right, to see Mo Wagner play this many minutes this night and then five minutes here, eight minutes here, you just kind of get frustrated um, for him, you know what I mean? Because you want to see him do more. I think that's going to be huge. Like, I, I don't think Luke Walton's going to be around next season. But you know what? The team's sitting at 31 and 37. Right. Let, let's get these young guys some run here. Let, let, let's see which one of them are going to be capable players. And, and this is where if you look at uh, bigger scheme of things, I don't like in professional sports where they're like, you want to build momentum for next season. It's like, dude, next season's next season. You're not, you know <laughs> what right. I mean? But, but you still want to see which of these guys are NBA players, which of these guys can come off the bench and contribute something. And I think that that's been a mistake for Luke Walton all season in terms of his rotations. Uh, but it's also a fault of roster construction. It's really just been the perfect storm for to, for this team to have the season from hell. If you, if you include all the uh, injuries and all the drama around the team, mm -hmm. um, there, there's been a lot. Now, speaking about that drama, um, right. uh, that Brick Buke report I was talking about earlier, now he had a report saying Genie Bus and the front office were pissed at LeBron's agent, Rich Paul, uh, that he was leaking out basically that the team was willing to trade anyone but LeBron in order to get Anthony Davis and that Genie actually considered trading LeBron um, you know, as almost a way of, you know what, we're just going to cut the, cut this tie right now and, and move on from it. Apparently her and Rich Paul spoke and squashed everything. Uh, it's been such a soap opera for, for the Lakers this year. When you look at the dynamic of a team, how much does that affect, uh, the, the squad? And really, if you look at the young guys at 2021, do you think that had a detrimental impact on their performance? Oh, for sure. I mean, going into the all-star break, you know, as, as the team, gears up for that. You know what I mean? It's a big break. They can take a little week off of playing and get to detox from everything that's going on, right? And and out of nowhere, there's Anthony Davis coming to Los Angeles rumors going everywhere, right? So it, it automatically goes to, oh, am I getting traded today? Am I getting traded today? So you have half the team not sure they're going to be there after All-Star break and not sure if they're going to stay. And once everything, pieces fell as they did, and Anthony Davis stayed, the team was already in, you know, discombobulation. They were already uncertain of you know how to move forward because of this genie bus lebron rich paul anthony davis saga that just loomed over their heads for the rest of the season and it just and with him getting injured on top of it just made things even more 
more drama, more issues, more questions, you know, more what's going to happen this summer. Should we trade them? Uh, who should we trade? What should we do? It's just it's just a saga that's kept going on. Right. It's just continuing. It's still going on today. And, and that's and, and that's that that to me has has been the issue. If you look at LeBron, when he went to, you know what he mean? He, he got drafted by Cleveland, but he goes to Cleveland. It's like it's his franchise. You know what I mean? Right. Even after uh, after the gun family sold him and then he ended up going with uh, Dan Gilbert, who owned the team. Uh, it, it was still LeBron's team, and and you know what? If you look at the Cavs, they've just been an afterthought the entire time, except for when 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 uh, the King was it was in that uniform, and and you look at his time in in Miami, it's like the Heat. Other than that, uh, the time that they've had um, uh, Shaq and Dwayne Wade and a little bit right. of run there in the late late '90s when they had Alonzo uh, Mourning, Tim Hardaway, and those guys, they're not a glory franchise. But when you look at the Lakers, it's like it's the Lakers, and and I right. think that to me, and I'm not putting this out there and saying that I know this for a fact. I'm saying Jeannie might have looked at it. And said, look, dude, you know what? We do things differently here. Like, yeah, you're a great player. Yeah, you're the best in the league still, you know, at what you do. But ultimately, you can't just come here and try and strong arm your way to, to happen, having things happen the way you want it to. This, this is a proud franchise that's won a ton of championships. Mm -hmm. and, and they don't want to sit there and get caught up in any of that. Okay, Jazz, I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. We're on this topic about, about LeBron James, Jeannie Buss, the Lakers, like, and going into free agency this summer. If you had decision to make right if you if you were sitting at the helm of the lakers um saying what should i do should well if i, I was LeBron? I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you but yeah, go ahead, go, that's go very ahead. true <laughs> very very true but since that we are here <laughs> just throw it up there i mean what like what would you do if you had the greatest player maybe that we've ever seen um outside of michael jordan outside of you know dr j and, and, and jerry west and larry bird they had their own you know mountain to climb but lebron james is the best we've seen in the last I don't know, 15, 20 years, right? So he's 34. He's on the way, you know, he's on, he's on that, that down slope as, you know, every NBA player gets to. What would you do moving forward for the next three years of his career? Would you keep him and you and, 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 have, and really go for a championship or really bring up the young guys? You know what? That, that, that is a good question. I'm going to get to it right after this break. All right, and we're back here. You know, you were asking that question. I, here, here's the way I would do with LeBron. Right now, you have him for three more years. Uh, maybe if things don't work out and, and all things just go to hell with this team and, his, you know, his final season of his, of his four-year contract, you might look at moving him to a two-contender. I'm just saying that's, that's worst-case scenario. Right now, you have him in a, the purple and gold. He's probably going to be at least a top-five player, top-three next year, top-five maybe the rest of his time here, all things being considered that he stays healthy. I think they, right. have, to look at, they have to look at this. They have to hope to get some good, uh, uh, good luck in the lottery. The Lakers right now are sitting with the 11th, uh, 11th best odds to win it. If they mm -hmm. can somehow, somehow get down to, uh, to, to about the eight spot, I think Memphis is going to be a little bit tough because uh, they're three and a half games back of the Lakers, but they're only two games ahead of, uh, of Washington. If they can get in that spot, they have a 26% chance of getting a top four pick. Now, obviously, you're hoping to get Zion. That would be the jackpot in all this. If, if that happens, that's a whole different ballgame. But right, right. now, I, th I think you have, to try, you have to at least try to bring in a Clay Thompson a Kyrie Irving, a Kevin Durant, whether they'll come or not, we'll see. Kawhi Leonard, I don't want to see them make a move to say, "All right, we struck out with the big fish, so we're gonna we're just gonna use our cap space for the sake of using it and bring in right. a guy like uh, Kemba Walker to an uh, overinflated contract or a thirty-year-old Jimmy Butler on a four or five-year deal." I think they have to look long-term too. They, they they have to build this team, and you see how short they are on depth. I mean, you see, you, right. we talked about that off the top with. 
what they have with the Raptors and uh, and how deep that team is. And you look at teams like the Bucks and and uh, you know at the top of the West, Denver and Houston. They, they have guys that can just roll in who who can play. And and I think they have to look long term, keeping an eye on that that they have a championship window with LeBron, but they also have right. to look at, at keeping him. But I mean, right now, I wouldn't even think about trading him. What about you? I feel the same way. I mean, I feel the same way. I think I think LeBron James is. is a once-in-a-generation kind of player. So it's like having Michael Jordan with, with, with the Wizards, but a little more, you know, a little younger, right? So he's, he's, he's on a team that he can still win. He can still perform at the highest level. Um, he'll still be a dominant player for the rest of his career. Um, as like I said, barring any injuries, knock on wood. Um, but no, I wouldn't trade him. I, would, I, I, I believe that the core that should, that, that should stay for next season is, 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 is Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, and for sure LeBron James and then you kind of just fill in from there. You well what about, I mean? what, like about Brad, would... what about Brandon Ingram? What, what are your thoughts on Ingram? Because he was playing, he was balling, man. Like basically since the All-Star break, he was dropping 27 a game. That's what I'm saying. And, and so you so you have those those three guys right there. Brandon Ingram's gonna be a talented player his whole career. I mean you, you could just see him blossoming in that locker room, being around LeBron, you definitely see how he's coming into his own. So you gotta make a decision with that as well. I mean do you do you keep the core, add LeBron with it? mix it up a little bit, get rid of Ingram, keep Ingram, get rid of Kuzma. But I, I feel like those three, they're all they're all three fours. Like LeBron's a three four, Ingram's a three four, Kuzma's three four. They're all the same position, but they're all so talented. So in the long run, as far as having depth, as far as having a cohesive unit, as far as having the right coach to make everybody work in unison, um someone has to go. Right? So yeah. with, with this, as it comes that how it is, but for me, I would get rid of Ingram. No, I just think Kuzma, LeBron. Would, um, just, I don't, I, you know, I, I, I just, I just see that working. I'm not saying Brandon Ingram and LeBron wouldn't work, but I'm just saying, as far as long term goes, I think um, Kuzma's ceiling may be a little uh, consistent. As you know, to say, as far as Lakers fans have had Ingram being, you know, inconsistent his first couple years, and now he's kind of catching on. I'm sure you'll be good to go from here on, but there's got to be a decision made within that three and four position. And then, like you said, Clay Thompson will be, I think, would be a perfect fit for Alonzo Ball, LeBron James, and then you just need a big guy. Um, and then you got to build your bench from there. I mean, they, they have they have the pieces. They they sure have the money. I guarantee they have the money to make it happen. They just got to make the right make the right calls um, and figure some things out. But do I I have faith that they'll get it done? And I hope that they keep LeBron for the whole contract. Yeah, I, th- I think they will, too. I mean, uh, and you're right. I-, I think you have too much uh, of the same. It's great to have talent. You can never have uh, enough talent. But the problem is you have to be able to start building a team. And that's where losing a guy like uh, like Julius Randle, losing a guy like Brooke Lopez and deciding right. to let these guys walk, where they-, where they bring a different dynamic and dimension to your team, I think that's where Rob, uh, Rob Plinka and Magic Johnson have to take a look at themselves and, and start building a contender that's going to be capable of competing with with the top teams. It's not the this isn't the 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 early two thousands or or you know even the late <laughs> no. you know the two thousand nine ten where it's like yo just get two good players and, and surround them with what you got and you have a chance of winning a championship. Now you got to mm-hmm. build a team and that that comes from uh, uh, being able to shoot the ball, space the floor. You know what I mean? All these little things. Right. And and I I think they went almost backwards in in constructing this uh, this roster. Uh, one thing I, I do want to ask you about. I mean your brother uh, older brother right? I'm assuming it's Carlos is older than you. Yes, he is older than me. Okay, so when he when he played with uh, when he played with LeBron uh, that that one season, is there anything that that stuck out to you when you when you watched him playing with him? 
I mean, I could I could tell that he was going to be someone someone that was going to be a big impact in the NBA. I I mean, it, it's hard to tell from any rookie at all um, what they're going to be because there's, you know, there's so many dynamics that happen every single day. Being in the NBA, being in the limelight, being in the social media era that we're in today. But I knew he was really good. I knew he was better than a majority of the players I've ever seen, at, even at that young age. And to see how he's grown, you know, from at 18 and just done so many amazing things on and off the court, it's, it's, it's great to see. But definitely, I mean, I, I could tell he was going to make a difference in the basketball world, and he has done that and beyond. It's amazing to see. Yeah, he's been he's been phenomenal. Even the way he's he's carried himself. Now, I, I think he's been impatient as a, as a teammate. That's for sure. I don't think he's had a lot of. Uh, sure. uh, I don't think he's a lot lot of um, a lot of you know like looking at the young guys around him. He's always he, he just wants to win right away. And I, I did a podcast with uh, with the ESPN's Brian Windhorst a while back, and he said that he goes. And this was back in December. He goes, mm-hmm. if this team doesn't start moving and doesn't start winning, he's going to get impatient and he's going to want to make a big move. And then we saw that leading up for the couple of weeks to the trade deadline, like, you know, Anthony Davis, Anthony, that was all you heard from the Lakers. And then when that move didn't happen, it was a letdown. Because when I'm looking at LeBron's leadership this year, strictly as a leader, his on-court performance has been fantastic. When you look Mm -hmm. at his, it's been awesome. He's just been the same old LeBron. But the problem is the way his body language has been, the way he's he's communicated with the young guys. When you look at having a player like that at that skill level on your team, do you think it has an impact on their mindset when, when the guy who's the best player on your squad is, is doing that kind of stuff and, 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 you know, maybe getting upset and getting frustrated with you? I mean, it, it's kind of how sports is, though. I mean, Kobe Bryant had his own, his own way how he dealt with um, being a great player and being on court and practice and how he was light, lasered, focused every single day, right? That was his, 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 his mantra. LeBron James is a whole different Animal, right? He's 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 bubbly. He's he's, he's enjoyable. He, he makes everybody laugh. He has a good time. He also gets frustrated easily. He always he always he definitely gets deals with different things, different ways. But f- to see that in person and go through a season with that is and, and being his first year and being around so many young guys, I mean, I, I think it 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 would be tough to to deal with. But I also believe that that's what you want to see. I mean, you you want to be around greatness. Right. You want to be about the best player to ever play. Possibly. You want to see what he does. You want to see why he's where he's at. You want to see his training regimen. You want to see how he how he what he eats, what he does, why he this way, because it got it, 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 whatever, whatever he went through to get to where he's at today. You want to mimic that. And the young guys that are with him right now should be like, OK, there's a reason why he's at where he's at today. So let me let me see what he does, study it, put it into my game and see where it takes me. And I think if, if every young player on that Lakers team uses that mindset, I think their careers will, will skyrocket as well. But I think you have to, no matter what surrounds the craziness of being LeBron James and the craziness of, 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 of you know, the arena that he, that he brings with him, all the cameras and everything, break down why he's where he's at. And I think as young, get him, get, get him where you want to go. But but don't you think there's a bit of a generational gap there too? Like he's 34, Kuz is 24. He's the oldest of, of the three. And then you look at uh, Ingram and, and Lonzo are both sitting at 21 years old. Do you think there's just a grow? They grew up differently, right? I mean, right. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned that earlier too. Uh, the social media thing. Like these guys mm-hmm. are are active on there. Like Lonzo Ball is putting out rap albums. And, <laughs> right. And, you know what Mixed I mean? Tapes. Like yeah, mm-hmm. mixtapes and, and and putting stuff out there. And it's like uh, LeBron was never doing this stuff at 2021. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's okay. I feel, like it's, I, 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 I feel like this. I mean, it, 
they have to be who they are. Like Lonzo Ball loves to rap, loves to hoop. You know, that's that's where he's going with his career, right? Um, they, they, they have to still have their own avenue, have to have their own ambitions, have to go after what they believe in. Because like you said, they're younger, their minds are they're a little different. Um, the environment that they're in is different. Social media age right now is, is a big thing. Making sure you post on your story every two hours is so important to these guys now. Um, so, yeah, it's a different era. Um, but, I mean, to be, to be an athlete, to be able to see that and, and go through um, a season of, of LeBron mania, um, they can take bits and pieces and, and, and do what they want. But it's going to be it's, – it's, it's just so much going on around this whole season. It's just so much happening. And um, hopefully these young guys take the best of it and move forward with it. Yeah, that's going to be the the interesting part, I, I think, for me to for me to see too. Now, like if you look if you look back at at your time when you were playing at at Iowa State, right? Like, I mean, you started off. Let's say you know you you probably didn't get as much run as your freshman year. You started right. to improve and improve and get a little bit better as you as you got into your sophomore and junior seasons. Um, as a young player playing, you know, at a high level, what do you think the key is is to in order to keep improving? And what does your mindset got to be like? Your mindset has, I have to have a beginner's mindset. Um, I think, you know, so many athletes say you have to look at every single day as, as the first day, right? And if you take that mindset, okay, I have to go in and make sure I take these shots every single day because those shots you take every single day add up eventually. Um, so as a young athlete, when I was in college and I got to see guys like Michael Beasley play, who was phenomenal as a freshman at Kansas State. I mean, you see him now and he's, He's not where you might have thought he could have been with his career. Um, but when he was at Kansas State, he was unstoppable. And then seeing Kevin Durant, it was the same thing. Uh, he was amazing to watch as well. But just being able to know that they were so laser-focused in, in their goals and being in the gym. I think a young athlete, no matter what surrounds going to class, um, what your friends are doing, making new friends and all that other stuff, making sure that you take time out of your day aside from practice to work on your game and the more you work on your game the better you're going to be um i was fortunate enough to go to high school in north carolina and then go to a prep school in california and get an offer to play iowa state so i, I, I thought it was amazing for me and i had a great career at iowa state unfortunately i got injured um during my junior year but i kept playing the game and because i kept playing and kept staying in the gym and kept learning i was able to prolong my career even through two ACL injuries. So um, whatever, whatever athletes aspire to be, you know, put your mind on taking time every single day to work on your craft, stay focused no matter what's going around it, and, 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 and you'll be surprised at how far you'll take the game. All right, I'm going to get you out of here on a couple of questions. Number one, who is the best player you ever played against? The best player that I've ever played against would have to be Jay Williams from Duke. National Player of the Year. He, uh, he had an unfortunate uh, accident in his pro career, but as far as a as far as a one on one player, as far as a basketball player, he was so talented. It was amazing to see um, someone who understood the game to the point where every move he made, you couldn't stop it. Right. Um, wow. But he, but but as far as NBA players go, I mean, they, they they didn't. As far as NBA fans go, they didn't get to really see Jay Williams' career. Um. So. I'll give you the, the second one. I'll give you one A because you got to have an NBA player, correct? So okay. Okay. Let me see. Let me see. One on one, the best player that I've ever played would have to be uh, Kyrie Irving in Miami. He, he was, that was probably the best one on one game I've ever had. 
It was yeah. really close. He definitely won. He definitely won. I'll, I'll admit that. Um, he's really good. He's really, really talented. What was the hard, hardest part about playing against him? Um, his counters. So when you go one on one, it's either one, two, three dribbles. Um, you have to make a move quick, um, decisive, and get to your spot, get to your shot. With with Kyrie, he has so many he has so many moves that he can you know he has so many body movements that you have to account for. Um, so you try to cut him off one way. He has a quick step back or behind the back or between the legs. And then you got to get up on the shot. But all he sees is the rim. So, I mean, it's, gonna, it's basically going to go in. At this point, being an NBA player, they're so locked into making, making the basket. It doesn't matter who's guarding them. But to see it personally and go up against someone who is a perennial all-star, who's an NBA champion. You know what I mean? It's, it's amazing to see how talented and how locked in they can be, even in a one-on-one game. All right. Last one for you, Charles. Yes. Who is the best player you ever played with on your squad? Ah, uh, that's easy. Um, like my like actual squad or just in general? Just in general. My brother. Yeah. My brother. I've 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 I played with him uh, when I was younger, when he was in his prime. I played with him. He was in high school, college, in the NBA. Um, I played with other guys as well, but I'll tell you this: my brother is is a very very talented individual. Uh, I'm glad he had an amazing career that he that he got to have. Um, because he really was, he really is an amazing basketball player. So he's definitely the best player that I've ever played with. All right, Charles, thanks a lot for coming on and doing this, man. We'll get you on again for sure. No problem, no problem at all, Jazz. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right, that's Charles Boozer. Don't forget, uh, check us out online as well. You can also follow us on Twitter at Lakers SBN and subscribe to the podcast, would you? We are on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, we are there. Uh, Harrison, Christian, Anthony, they're all hopping on the podcast. Harrison actually hops on every podcast. He's like he's on uh, every single one, every single day. Don't forget to check us out. That's it for this episode. I'll catch you all next week.